People love him already. He's got the uh, Rhode Island twang. The long pass to Moore and a pin block from Martin. Tune in to Cam's corner. He's going <laughs> to make it here. Draws the foul for another Rhode Island in one. I catch his own podcast. It's good off the backboard and in. Kind of great. And we are back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Cam's Corner, Season 3, Episode, I want to say 8. This is probably like the 77th episode of Cam's Corner, so I'm very happy and proud to announce the band Zenith, Johnson Natives. We've got Alex Rodriguez, Cam, and Matt Sabatoni, good friends of mine, guys. First off, how you doing? What's going on? What's going on, man? Thanks for having us. Of course. And again, this is a big promotion for them. They've got a show coming up this Saturday, October 14th. We'll get all into that stuff in a little bit. But first, A-Rod, we're going to start with you. Um, we've talked a lot about uh, before, like the vlogs and all that stuff. I do a lot of the shoots for you guys. My, um, I want to start off by saying, like, you know, I've asked you guys, too, the inspiration behind the band. You know, I mean, just starting off with your friendship. Just talk about the first time you met Cam and Matt and, um, you know, your kind of like rock and roll background, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, rock and roll-wise, I think uh, our parents, I can say this for both of us, um, my parents were a big influence um, in the music we listened to growing up. Um, so definitely that carried on into, you know, high school. And then, you know, uh, we've gone to school for a long time. We graduated high school, went to middle school together. Um, but it really didn't um, click with us until after high school, um, where we kind of shared those influences in the rock music afterwards. And when our like first two years of college, we started to jam and everything. But, um, yeah, I think probably college i would say is where we really took flight and music and instead of like a you know a general right acceptance yeah and i guess kind of like for both of you guys too i'll start with you cam like your decision to play bass because like i know matt's matt's a leading guitarist and you're the lead bass and just kind of how you decided on your roles and what you guys wanted to do uh going forward once you found out your passion for music funny enough i didn't choose bass we both uh started guitar at a really young age and when it became serious to become a band, you know, someone had to switch, so I, I bit the bullet and I decided to play bass, and, you know, I've, I've enjoyed it so far, and I'm having a great time. How about you, Matt? Was, uh, so, both of you guys playing guitar, was it kind of, like, easy to tell, like, oh, one was better than the other, or was it kind of yes. just like, no, I'm sticking with it? Yeah. <laughs> that was it? You were just like, I'm, I'm keeping it? like, you're the bass player. Next. <laughs> what was one of the first, uh, first times you played in front of somebody? Not, like, maybe, not with, like, the art, your band, but your first time you know, maybe in front of a family member or something like that. I just remember every time there'd be, like, a family gathering, they'd always make me bring out my guitar and play, listen for, like, 20 seconds, and I'd be like, all right. That's it. So I always hated it at first, but now as we keep playing more and more, I get more used to it. But at first I hated playing in front of people. But I think it's good, like, getting out there and playing in front of people. Did you guys ever try singing, like, A-Rod? No. <laughs> That's the one thing you wouldn't do? Yeah. So the same thing with about him. Like, what was your inspirations growing up that kind of sparked My your music passion? My dad always listened to rock and roll, and we, it's always on in the house and everything. And I remember I went and seen Kiss when I was, like, seven or eight. And I was just like, I had ACDC Live at Donington on tape. I used to watch in my dad's car. And I was just like, it's just, there's nothing better. You, I've always been a rockhead. I started playing guitar when I was a kid, and it's just it's what I love. Do you have any guys in specific that you've looked up to, like, as a guitarist, say like Angus Young and Ace Freely. Yeah, are the two main ones. Do you try to? I mean, we, I, we've I've been to a lot of your shows and you guys are amazing. But have you ever tried to like incorporate like more movement on stage, or you kind of just want to stick in the zone and and play like that? I, tr- I try to move as much as possible. Yeah, I think we all do. We all try to 
focus on having like a real energetic show. Mm -hmm. Show like how we're young and like we really want it. Go out there and like show everybody we're into it. So hopefully they get into it. But yeah, we can go back to you, Gay Rod, too. Um, coming out of coming out of high school. Hold on, let me let me fix this first. You guys all got the shades. I got a little yeah, my shades. I don't got the Ray Bans. Nice. Sponsored by Ray Bans. All right. Shout. Yeah. There we go. Vipers? No, of course not. Uh, this is our Ray Ban sponsor. Blazers, of course. Blazers got the non-expensive <laughs> shades, but <laughs> anyway. Look great. I think they look better than mine. Yeah. I'm gonna have to come on stage. I've, I've worn in some of the clubs that you guys yeah, have played yeah, at. I've seen. I've seen that Ocean Mystery. Yeah, like <laughs> there's honestly a... help. <laughs> we do it just because we're just trying to look cool. You know, that, you gotta to look, play the part. Play the part, but honestly, like with the lights and everything, and like. Or on stage, like it really helps. Yeah, you know, I talk to you too, Matt. It, it get puts get in the way of like you playing. Sometimes I've always seen you take them off and stuff. But I take them off because when I start moving, they fall <laughs> yeah. off my face. And I don't want to break them. Yeah, you got to play the part though. You got to look. You got to look the role. <clears throat> Absolutely. So but I come out with them on, but I always end up taking them off. Yeah, for sure. And A Rod, going back to what I was going to ask, um, coming out of high school, everyone attended Johnson High School in Rhode Island as well as myself. But um, I mean, I took the path of going to Rick. Started getting into sports broadcasting, but I've noticed that you guys wanted to spark the music, you know, industry and, and do your thing like that. When was it when you guys all came together and you realized that you wanted to start up a band? Of course, there probably wasn't any name involved yet, but you had the idea of, of wanting to do this. And shout out to Mike Parada, too. He couldn't make it. He's their lead drummer. Um, so, again, just meeting with Cam and Matt and Mike and knowing that you wanted to start something up and just kind of take off with it. Yeah, so like I said, um, you know, like sophomore year of college, um, Matt and I got in contact, um, and we just we were like, "Hey, let's like come down to Narragansett, um, and we'll jam." And uh, Cam was playing guitar at that time. It was COVID, um, so there was nothing really else that he could do besides playing guitar, um, which was uh, you know it was a blessing and a curse, I'd say, you know, because uh, they were they were inside, but you know they were playing and practicing. So we started jamming, and uh, you know one thing led to another, and you know they said they they knew a kid who played the drums. And then they were going to a party one night, and uh, their driver was was like, oh, what kind of music do you like? They're like, oh, rock. And he's like, oh, no way. I like rock, too. Um, he's like, yeah, I actually play the bass. And, we're, and they were like, holy shit. You know, like, we're actually looking for a bass player, you know? So then it was the uh, five of us, right? Um, and then we were jamming inside their little house in Narragansett. But, you know, those guys lived kind of far away. And, um, you know, we wanted to try to, you know, get started, you know, playing at little bars and everything. Um, so we, so we, uh, we hit up our friend Mikey, um, who unfortunately we said he can't be here today. Um, but Mikey and them go back a long time. Um, their fathers were friends, um, childhood friends. So they, you know, was always known each other. But Mikey was in another band. So um, we said, you know, why don't you come jam with us one time? Um, and we played at their grandfather's 90th birthday. 80th. 80th sorry. Sorry. Easy there. Where was it? Sorry. Um, this was at uh, Country Club in Cranston. Okay. And, um, yeah, then we, after, shortly after we just played at the, at the country club, um, someone said, can we, we can get you a gig in Smithfield. Um, and that was our really first gig together. So it all just happened real quickly and, you know, it's still going pretty quickly, you know, it's, time flies, you know. But yeah, talking about that, that first show, uh, that first break in Smithfield rallying at the last resort, right? That's yeah. where it was. Um, so I mean we're gonna I'm gonna compare the two after like I know you guys are big at Ocean Mist and Newport Blues, um, 
But kind of just talk about that build-up to that first show. It was outside. It was different than, like, a club scene, I guess. Um, talk about your emotions and, and kind of how you landed on that gig, you know, because it's, it's tough to get your first gig, and it's tough to get you out there without any, you know, you didn't have any music out. You didn't have anything that you could kind of yeah. show, like, oh, we're good at this, we have this. But you kind of just went for it, and you got it. So just talk about everything that went into that first gig. So uh, we were definitely all nervous, besides Mikey. Mikey has been, like I said, we've been doing that for a long time. Um, we'd never really played out before, um, so we practiced really hard. Um, came up with the set list, uh, but the, the day of the show, you know, we really had some nerves, and I'll let Cam Sab give you some, because he always likes to comment on that day. It was a terrifying day, honestly. <laughs> uh, I didn't eat anything that day. I was honestly really nervous. I could speak for the three of us here, but, you know, once you get on stage and those first few notes are played, the nerves really go away. And it was it was it was a fun show, and it really started everything that we're doing now. So it, it sucked at first, but we're over it now. Matt, talk about like what goes into like your preparation. Um, I know, like for someone like me, I'm a broadcaster, so I try to do as much as I can within the week. Um, I don't know if that's the longevity of your preparation, but just talk about what it's like to kind of get in the zone and know, like, okay, I got to show this Friday. I got to prep almost every day and just make sure that I'm on point and everything that I do. Well, we. We always practice, like we practice every week, but especially like a week we have shows, we'll practice every single day, like boot camp kind of. So we just always want to make sure we're on the money and we're just ready to go. Yeah, and, and talk about too, like the, um, like not only the venues, we'll talk about more about the venues you've played at, but, um, you know, the studios that you've been able to record in and um, how those connections came about. Because um, I, don't, I don't know the exact name of the studio you, you do yeah, now. we but. recorded our EP at Broke Dog Studio. Shout out to Smitty. Down in Wakefield. Yeah, just talk about those connections, how you made yeah, that. So, and- ironically enough, I stumbled across some guy in Guitar Center while I was looking at speakers. And he was talking, and I was like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm in a band, and we're looking to find a studio to record our original music. And he was like, oh, no way. Like, we've been, uh, I know this guy who's got a studio down in Wakefield, and da-da-da. And we went over to the guy's studio and met him. It was a wicked nice studio. He's got a lot of nice shit. And then we played for him and seen if he digged our stuff, and he did. And then we just we went in the studio and worked with him. He's been like a good connection for us ever since. And we've gone back and actually ended up shooting some live videos that'll be out soon. But yeah, and one of our teachers too from Johnson. Oh yeah, uh, Mr. shout Reed. out Mr. Oliver Sen- Reed, Sensei Mr. Reed. Yeah, he's the he's the he's the goat. But yeah. talk about um, kind of how he helped you too. I mean, does, do you do I mean, the he, same thing? He helps us with like everything. Like we've we've gone to his house before and recorded stuff. But he's always like, if I need help picking out something like a guitar, or this or that, or I just need like guidance like he's he's the guy i call like all the time we stay in touch he really has helped us a lot i know he's very close with a rod too so he's just like that kind of like music father figure that we go to when we need help or when we're like shit's hitting the fan we're like fuck we gotta call mr reed and see what he thinks right and coming back to you a rod about those those shows the first time you guys have been able to perform in front of people um you being the lead singer you know it's, i feel um i mean i can't personally speak on this because i don't know what the roles you know entail but um being the voice i guess of the band um one how do you i guess for someone like me i like to always connect everything to what i do like trying to find my voice as a broadcaster how did you find your voice as a singer and how you wanted your voice to sound and appeal to you know your music in general yeah um being a being the lead singer of this band is you know it's definitely been one of the best parts of my life and um but it's always a challenge and um <clears throat> you're always improving every day and sometimes you know that day might not be your day you know i've i've had practices where i you know i have like you know little <clears throat> things stuck in my throat or 
I've had shows where I had the sniffles or, you know, I'm coughing and stuff like that. So, you know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because, you know, you get, you get, uh, you know, you get to be up in front, you know, you get to be the voice of the band. Um, but when, you know, when, when things go wrong, you know, that you're the first person everyone points to, you know, um, but, uh, you know, I just take it day by day and show by show and I just try to get better every day and practice as much as I can. Um, and I got these guys, these guys will critique me all the time, which I appreciate. Um, and they tell me when I suck, they tell me when I'm good, you know, that's, that's what they do. That's what bandmates are for. In camp too, like you said, at a young age, you kind of had to make the adjustment to bass. How did you well, I kind made, of find I made the adjustment, I'd say, about two or three years ago once we started oh, that, playing. Oh, this is recently, kind yeah, of. so I played guitar. We played guitar our whole lives. And then during high school, we took we took breaks off because, you know, we thought thought we were hoopers. <laughs> and then once college came back around, we picked it back up. And then once we started playing shows, our when we were st- starting to jam, uh, when we first started with the five of us, we had uh, Chris on drums and our friend Rashad on bass. And then... Once the summer hit and school was over, you know, they lived too far. So, like Matt said, he was better than me at guitar, so I had to I had to pick up the bass. So, that's how long I've been playing it. So, And kind of like a similar question I asked A-Rod, like, I guess your sound, I don't know if that relates or correlates to playing bass, but how did you kind of figure out what you wanted to, what you wanted it to sound like and how you wanted it to kind of relate to the music that you guys play? Yeah, so, so bass and guitar are pretty much similar. You know, it's the same four, top four strings, so... It was an easy switch, but I listened to bands my whole life, like Kiss, Black Sabbath, Motley Crue. You know, I try to emulate all little things from each band and put it into my own playing. And then I just serve the band its purpose, whatever it needs from the bass, I deliver. Not too flashy, not too, you know, I just do my thing. And Matt, like, uh, being the guitarist, lead guitarist, talk about a time where um, you just started jamming and, like, it could have either been these guys or someone like you were playing in front of your family and they were like, oh shit. Like, you know, they, they kind of like caught everybody's attention by like the way that you sounded and, and realized, made people realize like, oh, like, you know, he's, he's really good and he's got like potential in, in, um, in doing this. I would say probably like my freshman year is when I, or like the end of my senior year is when I started like getting more comfortable playing in front of people. And then they would, like I said, they would always come watch me. And be like, oh, like, uh, but I feel like they only really started like seeing how serious we were once we started playing out with the band and showing like we really like want to do this. So I feel like they've always known I've loved it, but I think now they get like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And A Rod, talk about, um, again, going back to the, that first show that you guys had, um, just the comparison from the last resort outside playing in front of, you know, the first crew or the first crowd that you've played in front of, um, that atmosphere being outside and then your next gig. Um, was it at the Ocean Mist? That was the next one that you guys had, or was there we another played, one? We played at that? a small bar in Johnson. Um, oh, on New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Okay, um, and that was what, a couple months after. So, um, would you compare that? Would you compare the experiences from your first show to Ocean Mist, or do you think there was a big gap and change from there to the the bar in Johnson? I think I think with every gig we get better. Um, the jump between. The last resort and Escada was, you know, major. And then the jump between, you know, when we play, first played Ocean Mist, um, in comparison to Escada was, you know, grand as well. Um, every show we get better. Every show we get tighter. Um, and I think that's all just, you know, the amount of reps and practice that we do and in, in the experience that we get from each show, you know. Um, yeah. 
So just, yeah, talk about that too. How do you gain those connections to reach out to clubs and bars to keep booking gigs? Like how do they, uh, yeah, so that's a tough how does that one. process go? Yeah, That's a tough, that's, uh, is it kind of like wish, crunch wish, time to the last minute or is it just like you have it in advance? We've only been a band for, you know, less about a year, right? Yeah. Two less years? Less than two years, a little less. A little right when little I started Camp's years. Corner, no? Two years? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're not really, that. we're 22 years old. Um, we're not really known that much, you know. Um, so, you know, going to these places, they were, you know, they're skeptical as they should be, you know, having these young kids come in and play rock and roll, you know, that's kind of, you know, we're stuck in the past. Not but, a sight you usually see, right? You know, the one thing is rock and roll never dies, and... Um, it can see that you know with the crowds we bring um when we do play those places when they do say yes we you know we deliver and um i think that's you can see that's true from our first gig um they took a chance on us you know from that new year's eve gig all the way to where we have gigs now um we deliver with with the crowd we bring and the performance that we play yeah, I must say, like, everything is so is so professional. You want it down to the last detail, and people notice that. You know what I mean? Just being in the business as I am, like, they see every little thing you do. And Absolutely. when you're so meticulous about it, like, that just shows, like, your, your obsession and that you want to continue to get better and better. So um, that definitely doesn't go unnoticed. But, um, Cam, talk about, like, so you guys formed the band. You guys have your first show at Last Resort in the bar in Johnson with Escada and then Ocean Mist. And Ocean Mist has kind of been like the pinnacle of where you guys have played a lot, as well as Newport Blues. But talk about how um, impactful that Ocean Mist bar has been for you guys and kind of like your your name around Rhode Island. Because a lot of people know that you guys play there a lot. And um, it's like now coming up on the 14th is you guys are going to be headlining. So just talk about that connection and how you guys built that up from you know, yeah, the ground so, up. Yeah, uh, so we started our first Ocean Mist gig. We were juniors in college, you know. It was a big deal because we went from playing small bars in Johnston to, you know, we go we went we were at URI at the point. We had a lot of friends and people we knew down there and once we landed that gig it was a chance for like all of our friends and people down at school to see what we do and you know, ever since that first gig we played they they just continue to ask us to come and play and people keep people keep wanting to come so we just keep playing there and delivering and every gig we get better, we learn from our mistakes and it's just every every time we play that we have a good time. Do you remember a show there in specific where maybe you guys weren't clicking or you guys didn't sound that great? Or I wouldn't. There's definitely a show. I don't know if it was at Ocean Mist. Because um, you guys know more than the crowd does. Yeah. Oh, well, you know I, mean, what I mean, every yeah. every band fucks up while they're playing, <laughs> but you just have to get back on track before anyone notices. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Any shows like in particular where I mean I know just from from being so close with you guys. Oh, there's not going to be anybody there. Oh no, there's not. There's not going to be. And then you guys you, pack every, out the every, place. Yeah, you get you get the nerves before. Like, fuck, is anyone going to be there? You mm-hmm. know, and then see what happens when you get out there. Has there been a show where um, either you thought like, oh, this this show's going to be packed, or there's going to be a lot of people here, and then it comes, you know, showtime, and there's not as much as you anticipated. There's been a couple Newport shows where we we anticipate the house to be packed, and we walk out there and we're like. Fuck. <laughs> you know, but you got to play through. You got to play anywhere, anytime, no matter who's in front of you. It's real. Like, it's your last show. Yeah, Matt, talk about, like, those, um, I guess, like, pregame jitters, too. We talked a little bit about it earlier, but um, we kind of went through, like, the whole timeline so far up until the shows. Just, like, the pregame jitters of continuing to go out there and, and play every night. And, when you know, again, the anticipation of I have a show this week. This is what I got to do. Yeah, I feel like we've definitely gotten better. Now that we've played a lot, but like Cam said, when we first started, 
I could not eat the day of. I was, like, nervous. But, like, now I feel like we're to, to the point, especially at the places we're playing right now, like, we're used to it, so I don't really get nervous. But I know once we take that next step and get a bigger show, like, out of state or something, I know that those nerves are going to hit me again. So right now we're just waiting for something like that. We do have some stuff in the works that's going to be exciting to share, so. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, no, but yeah. um, just like, uh, again, look, I guess talk about a little bit more about those connections, like as much as you can. I know you don't want to spoil anything, but um, just what goes into reaching out to people out of state, because yeah. obviously it's great to be known I think, in the state you're you're performing in and, yeah. and trying to get off the ground, but just talk about those out of state connections. Mainly the transition we're making right now. Like every great band that you've ever heard of has started out as a cover band. Like when mm-hmm. you're young and you don't have the original material, you play covers, which is what we've been doing, but ever since that we've started recording our EP and stuff we're transitioning and right now we want to be known as like we're an original band we don't play like you know what I mean yeah so when we the only way we feel is to get big and reach those bigger markets is you have to be an original act like at the end of the day nobody really cares about a cover band Mm. so you can only be as big as like playing those local bars or whatever so to reach that next stage and to get into like the Boston venues and stuff you got to be an original band yeah. So we've been working hard, writing new material and everything, coming up with our own sound, trying to get our own look, like our own stage presence, everything, just so when that time comes, like, we're ready for it. Yeah, and so, oh, my bad, I cut you off. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, so when we're reaching out now, it's easier because we send them our files of our songs, our promos, and this and that, and we're like, like, this is us, like, we're, yeah. this is what we sound like, these are our songs that we wrote, we, us, us four, A-Rod, Cam, me, Mikey, we sat down, we wrote these songs, and it's just like, like this is what we are. Like we want to be known as like, like we're an original band, and that's this is what we do. Yeah, and you want to be known as Zenith. That's that's, that's what you want yes. to be known as. And like I said, you guys do everything to like the last detail, and that people recognize that. Like, um, just like the photo shoots, for example, too. And you guys, your first one that you wanted to do didn't go as planned. You hit me up, and we get things going. Yeah. And it just it looks like you guys put in that time gotta, and put in that effort. You got to put an effort, just like how we see with you and all your content and your podcast and stuff like it's just it the effort shows yeah if you put shit in it looks like shit nobody gives a fuck mm. and that's just the bottom line mm. so we 100 we like you see how you put in the work people respect it and we hope we do the same thing for sure and i was gonna ask a-rod like kind of going off of that like the style and, and the the way you perceive yourself as so kind of talk about where the inspiration comes you know with the with the shoes, the pants, like the, what goes into the outfit? Like just talk about that entire look and how you kind of inspire each other to, you know, branch out into those outfits. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like I said, our inspirations um, really came from the music that we listened to when we were younger with our parents. Um, so we listened to a lot of Kiss. Uh, Kiss was also the first band that I ever saw with my mom when I was nine years old. Um, but... You know, we take a lot of inspiration from those 70s bands, um, Aerosmith, um, Van Halen, you know. Um, but there's also a, a, a newer band that we take a lot of inspiration from um, called Dirty Honey. Um, they were just on tour um, overseas in Europe, and now they're on a North American tour, I think, right now, actually. Um, and they're bringing that classic rock sound back. And that's kind of like what we've always really wanted to bring back, cause, um, which also... Um, adds into the fact of our shows at Ocean Mist and Newport and with the younger crowd is because we kind of just want to bring rock and roll back um, and to show kids, you know, like rock and roll is, you know, it's, it's you know, it's cool, you know, yeah. it's, you know, kick and go on, the, on stage and play guitar or bass and, uh, and 
sell out a venue and you know play songs and uh, go on go on Spotify Apple Music in your car and listen to rock and roll instead of you know the genre of rap or pop that's so <clears throat> popular now. Um, so with that, our styles, you know, like I said, we take from um, you know '70s kind of looks. You know, we wear we wear funky shoes, we wear bell bottoms, we wear band tees, uh, we have long hair. Um, except for Mikey, which we're still trying to get him to grow that out, huh? Um, but yeah, you know, you, you got to have the look. Yeah. Um, that's a big part that we talk about. Um, having the look, you know, you know, take some eyes, you know, um, and that's pretty much it. And with the authenticity of like the sound and how you guys, you know, make music, how do you feel like you can get yourself to that like top spot one day or just kind of like notable on streaming platforms? Because obviously it's not like you know, back in the day where vinyls yeah. and all that stuff was, is, is popping. So mu- Apple Music, Spotify, all that stuff is where everyone hears their music. So in your mind, how do you feel like your music can be on a broader scale and just, uh, you know, outside of the round area? Well, um, our EP has been out for about a month now. Um, and we knew this coming in, but, you know, the music business is a cruel world, you know. Yeah. Um, the world is a cruel world, you know. But, uh, you know, things can happen overnight but you know you just got to stay strong and know that it's a process um like i said we've only been doing this for two years you know um and we just came out with our original content that we're giving out to venues out of state and um that the public can stream so i think it's uh important to know that you know it's it's a process and that you know, we're always ready for the grind, and we're always, you know, we're never going to give up, you know. For sure. And, and Cam, um, the first time you guys as a band, like collectively, the four of you, um, went to a rock show, just talk about, like, the opening acts that you guys have seen and talk about how you maybe felt like, oh, this could definitely be us one day, or, or, or we're already better than these people. And just the mindset that you guys have when you guys go and see opening acts to bands, and then you finally see, like, the opening act, obviously, like, the people that you look up to. Yeah, So, so when we... The shows we've been going to lately, a lot of the opening acts are younger, younger people like right. us. So when you're a band like us standing in the crowd watching an opening act that's your age, you think, "Why can't I be doing that?" You mm-hmm. know. So we just we're just gonna keep working and one day at a time, just get better every day and see see where it takes us. But yeah, the opening acts, you know, like it could possibly be us. You never know. You know, Dude. all it takes is one show. Yeah, for sure. Do you see that once you're there, like? Can you envision that once you're in those seats? And, 100%. Yeah. Yes. Um, I guess kind of like the process to that. How does how do you go about, you know, again, like I asked Matt, like kind of getting those spots to, to open up for big-name bands. Like how does that come about? It's, it's definitely not easy. Uh, you, I've, For first, it would probably be, you know, a, a bigger band would come to Boston and they they would ask for a local opener. And then if we're lucky enough to get that opportunity, we have to blow the roof off the place. And hopefully us doing that will allow for more connections and more opportunities. So that's how it works. For sure. And, and along those same lines, Matt, just talk about um, the last show that you guys just had. Or one of the last shows um, was an original show. You guys played all your original songs off the EP to the top. We'll talk about that uh, along with the sound of your guys' music as well. But um, just that experience alone, um, what it was like going into it. And just to be able to play all your songs and have it like it was you guys didn't headline, but it was just all you no covers. Yeah. So that was that was cool for us. So about I would say what a week or two ago, we got the chance to open up for 
a band called Sorry X and Gina Fritz coming through town, and they were awesome. But they basically they gave us a 20 minute slot and was like, you have 20. Basically, we saw it as we have 20 minutes to prove why we feel we should be the band headlining. You know what I mean? And that's how I bet that's how every band there felt. And it's we always say it's survival of the fittest. Like we're all there for the same goal. Like obviously you support everybody and everything, but at the end of the day, like we want to show why we feel we're the band that should be up there. So they gave us 20 minutes and it was cool because we got to play the songs that we put all the work into writing and stuff and like that's that's our stuff so we went in there as an original show we drew a pretty good crowd and it was just it was fun it was eye-opening but it was fun yeah we talked about it um like the i think it was the week before um when you guys had uh, a live studio sessions and we were in there for for some of that but just like you guys were the first band to play talk about what it was like you know getting everything on stage and then having to just take it all off like quickly because i know that was something that you guys were a little was, nervous about it first, but just kind of talk about that whole twenty-minute session and how yeah, fast. Yeah, I feel it like was. that's that's things we definitely have to get used to because that's how a lot of the shows are going to go, especially for us. Like I said, basically, even though we've been a band for like two years now, basically we've been a band for like however long the thing came out, however long our EP came out for, because that's like the real start of like the original journey. So I'm sure we're going to have a lot of slots like that where we have a twenty-minute set at first and we have to tear all our gear down right after the set, but we just got to get used to it. It sucked, but. <laughs> That's what you got to do. Yeah, and A-Rod, going back to um, the music, uh, to the top, the EP, five songs out on it right now. It's been out for a few weeks now. Um, I'm sure you guys recorded a bunch of songs before that, too, and tried to figure out, you know, what worked, what didn't, maybe some verses that didn't make final cuts and stuff like that. But how long has this been an idea? Uh, obviously, the idea of making music and wanting to put out that music has been, you know, since the start. But um, just talk about the timing and how important it is to kind of wait to put out stuff and make sure that everything is, is to a T, like how exactly you want it. And I guess the inspiration behind it too. So um, to the top EP was one of those things that we wanted to get done um, as quick as possible because uh, we we had the songs already. We had been writing for really kind of uh, for those two years that we were you know doing those shows and um, – but it was all just about like where we were gonna go and record, and we wanted to get them out as soon as possible so we could you know start sending those files, those promo pics to uh, you know different venues so we could open up for bands and stuff like that. So um, we went to Broken Dog Studios in Wakefield, Rhode Island. Shout out Smitty again, um, and through it was just by you know chance he met the guy who you know also records there um, at Guitar Center. And, you know, we kind of really, we, we knew the songs. We had played the songs out live before. Um, a couple times, you know, we'd had some, you know, rough patches in the road. But um, that's what you got to do. You know, you got to, in the studio, you got to just grind it out. And um, I'd say it take about, like, two weeks, really, to really get it done. Um, and then we sent it out to get mastered up in Boston uh, at Peerless Mastering. And then we got the files back, I'd say, maybe two weeks later. Um, but then we really wanted to, you know, advertise it. And um, our debut single, Break You, um, which is streaming all on platforms right now, came out uh, July? August. Uh, August. August, yep. August mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and we've, you know, we've had those files for a long time, but we wanted to, you know, build up anticipation and advertise as much as we could. And then following that, it was uh, like 
four or five weeks, and then we dropped the album. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it, um, what was I going to ask? Like, with that, um, the inspiration behind everything, um, is it, like you said, we were talking about this in the studio, how I'm like, my favorite song is, is To The Top. That's my favorite one on the EP. And you were like, ah, oh, that one sucks. And then you're like, oh, they all suck. That's how you That's how you think of it. But that's not in reality how you think of it, no, obviously. I, but I just... just talk about um, when you listen to stuff back, um, how you're like, okay, this is good to go. This is set. When sometimes in your head you have, like, you know, your self-conscious yeah. saying, like, oh, maybe it's not ready. So um, To The Top um, is the name of the EP, and it's also a track on the EP, right? Um, that's one of those songs where it was it was a rough patch for me personally. Um, but I think it's just for a singer and for me, um, not everyone likes to hear the voice. I know you said you like to hear your voice, but <laughs> people sometimes cringe, you know. Yeah, oh, for sure. Voice, you yeah. know, and you say something wrong, you're like, oh, why did I say that? Right. And then when you sing, it's kind of like, oh, well, I, I know I could do better. Yeah. You know, every mm-hmm. time you hear, I know I could do better. Or, 100%. Oh, maybe I could have done this better here, you know. But then when you do it, you know, you, maybe you couldn't do it. But um, sometimes I do listen to the songs and our, our own songs. Um, but most of the time I kind of just, I'm like, all right, you know. I listen to it a couple of times to make sure it was really good, mm. you know, with, with, with it being mastered and mixed and everything. Um, but... As as it goes for my voice, you know, I kind of like, like I said, I kind of like, oh, should I do that better? Or, mm. or oh man, my voice is annoying, you know, <laughs> or right. something like that. But what goes into songwriting? Um, I know, obviously, like, from personal experiences and stuff like that. But um, we talked a little bit about it the last time I saw you guys and how it's kind of like a group thing. And when we were doing vlogs as well, and um, Cam mentioned it's it's all you guys, obviously with the the sound and everything. But just talk about kind of like the lyrics, I guess, and then we'll go around and how each each and every one of you kind of figure out the sound. But we'll start with you with like the lyrics. Yeah, so um, we all, us four are completely our own writers for every song that we have, um, and I think it all just starts with um, Matt having a, having a riff or something, or maybe just an idea, really. Or like uh, I know we made a song a couple weeks ago um, that we're going to be playing this Saturday. Um, I was like, yeah, we just need a song, like a little groove, you know. We need something to get people dancing in the crowd. And he was like, okay, well, let me, you know, let me sleep on that. Um, and that's really how, how most of our songs started, you know, maybe from an influence or, you know, a song that we hear on the radio. We're like, oh, you know, that's pretty cool. Let me see if we can put our own spin to it. Because um, that's just the way the music business is, you know. There's, there's nothing really new under the sun, you know. Mm. There's a lot of things that are, that have been made and, <clears throat> you know. So you just got to put your own twist on things and take those influences um, and really just, you know, make make it as original as possible. But um, you can hear in every single song where the influences of that artist right. has come from. And Cam, too, like, bouncing off of that, like, the sound on, um, like, we talked about it earlier, too, on uh, when you made that transition to bass. But how A-Rod said how Matt kind of starts off with a riff and you guys kind of bounce off of that. How do you kind of find your rhythm in, in the sound for whatever track you guys are, are doing? I would say when... When we're thinking of a song, you know, Matt Matt will come up with the riff. He'll come up to my room, and you know, me and him will jam on it. And if we, if I feel like we're both clicking, and then we'll bring it to practice. And then once it's all together, it's a lot easier for A Rod to come up with lyrics and find the melody of the song. So, you know, once Matt comes up with the riff, I'll I'll try to chip in as much as I can, add my own twist to it, and see where it goes from there. Have you ever had um, an idea like yourself, like thinking of? Um 
maybe how the song would go or how certain songs sound and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like we're all we're all open on our own respective instruments. Like if I feel like the guitar part should have this instead, you know, he's very open to changing it up. Or like if the chorus should go like this, you know, we're all we're all open to all ideas. But I've had I've had riffs that I've made that have been shot down immediately. So I just let him do his thing. Yeah, Matt, talk about. Um like similar to a previous question about playing in front of your family and someone kind of realized, oh, like he's good. He's got like potential um, where you guys were jamming and somebody was like, all right, wait, stop. Like that was good. Keep doing that. And that's kind of what sparked a certain song that maybe isn't out yet or one that is out yet or one that is out now. Excuse me. Yeah. So I feel like that's how most of them start. Mm-hmm. I always like I always be in my room coming up with stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And I go to practice and I play it. And I know if it's good is because usually Mikey's like, wait play that again Mm. but then i'll have one i really like and i'll play it and nobody looks up and i'll play it louder and nobody says anything i'm like well fuck me then whatever (laughs) i guess that one sucks but going on the one he was saying with the thing we were playing and i was i had this riff i liked and he was just like "Uh, like you're not being groovy enough like you got to be groovy i was like fuck you i'm gonna go home and be groovy so i went home and i sat down and i came up with this thing and i was like yeah i got it and i sent him and he was like yes that's what i'm talking about so sometimes it's just being open with them, saying, like, you're kind of not cutting it right now. So I felt I went home and I was like, fuck you, I'm going to be, I'm going to show you I can get groovy if you want me to. So that's what I did. But most of the time, like, I know the song, Mr. Bravado, I was just playing the riff and Mike was like, what was that? And he was like, play that again. And then he started doing the drums to it. And then we had it good, but we didn't have a chorus. And then luckily he found a voice memo in his phone that was like a year old of a chorus to a different song that ended up being in the same key that we could have made it fit. So I feel like that was just, like, cool how that whole song just came together, and that honestly was written in, like, a day. I feel like that's the best ones is when you don't have to, like... There's songs we have that we've been working on, and we're just like, it's just not going to work for now. Yeah. Leave those on the back burner. That process, it's so cool to hear on how... What goes into it, and obviously, like, inspiration, but those, those kinds of stories are, are what people, like, love to hear. You yeah. know, like, just... I'll play that again. Oh my god, how'd that sound? And it's like, could be like your biggest song ever, right? Um, I guess talk about that with with Break You. That was your first uh, single to to come out. Your first original piece of music. Um, you know when you guys started? Because I know I think it was a show at Ocean Mist, and that was when we did the first vlog. Was uh, oh we're gonna be playing Break You. This is gonna be our first song coming out, and no one really knew what it was at first in the crowd. But you guys are just jamming, and I already knew what the sound so- uh, the song sounded like, but. You guys were jamming. I'm like, oh wait, is this it? And then you guys get into it. So obviously, like, just jamming and, and that that kind of helps you think of ideas. But um, just talk about your first memory of, of coming up with that song and how that kind of all started. So I don't really remember exactly how, when I came up with that, but I had the intro riff, and then I didn't have the riff after it. And I remember Mikey was like, we should do like the hits that are in the song. And then I was like, oh, that's cool. And then once we started playing it, you could tell he started like feeling it more. And then he just started singing. And honestly, what he's saying off for the chorus off rip was what it ended up being and we feel like that's the best is when when he just comes up with the chorus on the spot it's usually when it's the best yeah and he went home and came up with the lyrics really quick and came back and then i feel like that's definitely one of our better songs for sure and cam talk about um like promotion and how you guys um because you guys run everything you know obviously at this point it's social media it's it's apple music it's all the platforms that you guys have stuff on um booking shows stuff like this it's all you guys just talk about how um, maybe overwhelming sometimes it can be, and just making sure that again timely everything is out, but not it's not like 
super in your face, but at the same time, it is where everyone's like, oh, I've heard that song from somewhere and stuff like that. Yeah, it's definitely not easy to run all the socials, keep track of the music aspect, and, you know, we, we try our best. You know, it's it's important to stay consistent. You know, when a song's coming out or, like, when the EP's coming out, you have to shove it in people's faces mm-hmm. as people might be like, oh, what the fuck? Like, they're posting this again, yeah. this song again, but, like, you have to shove it down their throats so that the song sticks in their head. And, you know, we try to... We try to display our social media so it's consistent and it, it looks appealing. And, yeah, that's how it is. Like, um, the band you guys talked about a lot that you have inspiration from is Dirty Honey. And um, when we were doing, I think, the second vlog that I don't think is out yet, but you guys, um, you had them send you a video and they were shouting you guys out yeah, in a was, video. Just yeah, t- kind of cool. talk about that experience. So, so my dad's work friend, uh ironically plays golf with some guy who's i guess best friends with mark labelle the lead singer of dirty honey and i didn't believe him i was like you're full of shit like you don't know him so then he's like how about i get a video of dirty honey shouting you out i was like that's never gonna happen and then ironically you know he got a video to send to us and it was just a cool moment to see you know a band that we look up to you know shout us out so that was a cool experience do you guys try to keep those connections you know daily you know because sometimes that could be uh, you could be the open act for them. So just kind of talk about, like, keeping those those connections. Yeah, so we, we, we're going to stay in touch. We're going to try to, you know, hopefully we're going to meet them, hopefully. So we're going to try to stay on top of that. But, yeah, we would love to have an opportunity to open up for a band like that, you know, really idolize them. So I think I think we'd fit great together on a bill. Yeah, and A-Rod, talk about going forward now. Um, we went through, like, your entire timeline of starting off, um, how everything kind of sparked. I know me and Matt talked about the name of Zenith in the first vlog and how everything came to be. But now that it's been two years now, you guys have been playing almost everywhere in Rhode Island. Um, I guess that next step, you know, that, that this this year is in full swing, that next step now that the EP is out, what is in store, what do you have planned, and what is, your, like, your end goal, uh, like, coming up soon? Yep. So, um, and the, what we're doing now really is we're just trying to um, perfect a opening set. Um, and, you know, just a set in general. So this Saturday we have a show at Ocean Mist, which we're going to talk about later, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're playing for about an hour and a half. But, um, like, we just played the 20 minutes down in Providence. Um, you know, we perfected that set. So really we're just trying to perfect a, a strong set so whenever that opportunity comes, who we're in connections with right now, we blow it out of the water, you know. Um there are a couple of venues up in up in Massachusetts that you know we've been in contact with, and we're hoping to get on a bill pretty soon. Uh, we don't want to disclose too many things. Yeah, no. Young. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, but definitely, if you follow us, be on the lookout. Um, we have a lot of things in store and a lot of plans um, for the future. Um, but really, we're just preparing mm. um, for that, and um, so that we can really knock the ball out of the ballpark. Yeah, and we've talked to again about everything that's happened on your guys' journey and, you know, where it's been able to take you. Um, I love to ask, um, specifically on this podcast, like memorable moments for athletes and, uh, and coaches and broadcasters and things like that, and, like, they're welcome to wherever it is. So say, like, for example, um, like I talked to Ricky Lito a few months ago like on his welcome to the NBA moment or, you know, a college player on their welcome to college moment. I guess your moment where – this was like, okay, this is the big leagues. Now we have to perform in front of people. We have to start doing our own music and getting it out there so people recognize us. So I guess your first welcome to the music industry moment. 
Um, I think there was two moments. Um, the first, when we played Ocean Mist last fall, so about a year ago, um, we had we had the the crowd chanting our name. Mm. And I know you played a little played, played a role <laughs> into that. I mean, we appreciate that. But I think it was just the fact that they that they were chanting our name. You know, they're they're, they're college kids. You mm. know, like I said earlier, college kids they like rap, they like pop. That genre of music is done. But the fact that they were chanting our name, you know, we're a rock band, um, playing at a live music venue, like you don't see that too often. No, you know, the the live music scene is really dead, especially here in Rhode Island. And the fact that we could we got, you know crowd of college students you know 21 you know 20 25 it's right. like probably the age cap right there that to chant our name and to stay there and to really listen to our music and listen to us on the stage like i think that was pretty pretty cool moment um and it made us got us hype um but really what i think for all of us mikey wasn't there unfortunately but <clears throat> we saw greta van fleet another band um probably the biggest band in the world right now um at Mohegan Sun about a year ago and we were front row we camped out all day and um, you know when they came out we were like wow you know they're they're 26 years old mm. we're 22 they've been doing this probably since they were like 17 but just the fact that they were 26 years old in 2022 mm-hmm. 26 years old up on stage at Mohegan Sun at a venue like that sold out Sold out arena. Gives you, know, you perspective. Fire going off in the background. Solos. Crowd going crazy. We all looked at each other and we were like, wow. Like, that's what we want to do. Yeah. Whatever it takes to get there is what we're going to do because that's what we want to be. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and now Greta Van Fleet's playing um, at TD Gardens, Madison Square Gardens. You know, they're, they're huge. Yeah. And it's, it's been awesome to see the, their growth. Because they just started out like we were playing, you know, small bars, you know, with their original songs, but also doing covers and stuff like that. And now they're playing TD Garden, Madison Square Garden, you know. Um, so it just really is to show you that they're bringing rock and roll back. So let's, you know, we're hopping on the train for sure. And we'll go down the line too, Cam. You're you're welcome to the music industry moment or one of your most memorable moments so far throughout your music journey. Honestly, I would I would have to agree with the two points that A Rod made. You know, last year. We're standing outside Ocean Mist. They're chanting our name. I was like, holy shit, like, that's really cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you go on stage, you see, like, that crowd of people all our age. It's, like, really eye-opening to see, like, the opportunity, the the potential that, you know, rock and roll has to be back. And then, obviously, going to Mohegan Sun. And then I went to see Greta. We went to see Greta two weeks ago at TD Garden. And you just see kids in their 20s playing arenas that big it really opens your eyes to see the possibilities that rock has in store so i'd say i'd have to agree with him for sure and I, matt you probably agree same with thing too. Oh. <clears throat> since they did two positives i guess i'll do like two negatives yeah because like welcome to the oh yeah yeah. like welcome to leagues like a negative like kind of like fuck like LeBron it could yeah it could be or yeah something like yeah. that yeah. so i'm gonna say i would say the two like welcome to the music industry moments we had was i remember we played i forgot where in cranston but it was a real shitty show. There was nobody there, and we were like, "Fuck, this sucks." I, I were you guys like, playing well, or was it just like there was just no? It was one there? just there was everything about it sucked. I'm not gonna lie. 
I was really contemplating just Mikey quitting. Knows. Mikey, I'm not gonna throw anybody. <laughs> in. I know exactly where it so was. I know exactly smile. where it was. Mikey knows exactly what I'm talking about because it was his fault. I'm not. <laughs> and our friends and family. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna shout the place out because that's not good. But it sucked really bad. And after that show, I was like, I don't even want to do this anymore. This sucks. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like we go from having the highs of this, and then we play there, and it fucking it blows. I'm not gonna lie. And then I'm gonna say another thing was the studio was I feel like a real eye-opening experience for us because. I know, especially me personally, I've never heard myself like that close under a microscope, like what we really sound like. And I know A-Rod too, like hearing yourself back and you're like, fuck, is that what I sound like? Like, what the fuck? Hmm. So I think we definitely had to like tighten our shit up for the studio. So I would say like the two like, oh shit, welcome to the music industry moments was definitely like a real shitty show and like how tight you have to be in the studio to get like a good performance out of yourself and how like disciplined you have to be. Yeah, those are always, like, the best questions I feel when I ask because that's when, like, the athlete or the coach or whoever it is, they break out of their show and they have all these kinds of, like, you know, funny moments and things like that yeah, that happen. for sure. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll talk a little bit about that, too, before we talk about the show coming up. Um, just moments in general where, like, that, that just click in your head where you think of, like, oh, that was funny or, or you know you messed up and just something that like just always clicks in your head that makes you laugh or makes you smile and you think of your whole entire journey one of the funniest ones was like last year when we played ocean mist like mikey got a little too drunk before we went on and he kept running up the stage i'm like no we're not going on yet. we're not going on yet he's like and he keeps running up the thing and i'm like grabbing him by his shirt i'm like bro we're not fucking going on yet like and then we start we start a song like one of our favorite covers to play is war pigs mm-hmm. and mikey's starting it and he's like all like mad slow with it like playing it so slow and i'm like looking at him like bro what the fuck are you doing and he's just like looking at me like i got this and he's just playing mad slow and i was just like dude this kid's so stupid like i wish he was here for you guys to hear he's so stupid but he's so good like it doesn't make let's, sense let's really say good. this we're not i think we're the we're the dumbest band ever yes grace the earth we're all idiots but he's but next we're level. all no nah, right, we're not gonna single out one person nah, he knows. we're all idiots <laughs> but i think it's a band of idiots and that's yes. what makes it great like we all like we're all like in practice we're all we're, like laughing at each other because is, is mikey from johnston he's from cranston so going okay. on that like basically he's from johnston <laughs> yeah he um him and my dad grew up together so his dad mike p and my dad have been best friends since they were kids so i've known we me and cam have known mikey like literally forever so I remember when we were kids, we used to, in our backyard, we used to dress up as Kiss mm. and, like, play along to the songs. But me and him were, like, because he's, like, three years older than us. So he had started learning the drums for real, but I just had a guitar. So I would just be, like, strumming, like, nothing. But he would actually, he actually knew the songs. But I just think that's cool, like, how full circle it went. Like, we were not really in a band, but, like, kind of in a band when we were, like, seven. Mm. And then now come to now, like, we're in a band. And I bet it's cool for them to see, like, my dad and his dad, like, when they're at the shows, like, they're standing next to each other, like, wow, those are our kids, like, in a band together. It's kind of yeah. cool. Cam, anything like that where you think of, uh, when you think of your music journey uh, in its entirety, it's something that makes you smile or you think of that was, like, you know, a funny moment? I would say, like, that moment when we would dress up in the backyard, like, really full circle. <laughs> but funny funny stuff that happens at shows is if, if I play a bad note, I could just feel Matt across the stage <laughs> just staring at me. and then But when he messes up, he looks to me he's like, no, whatever. Like, fuck it. But when I mess up, it's, like, death stare. So, yeah. And it's, like, no one, like we, you and me said, like, no one notices it except for you. Yes. And everyone's, like, this sounds, like, great. And it is always great. But the little meticulous things, like, that's where the uh, obsession like I, like comes in. Like I said in. before, 99.999% of bands will mess up on stage. But you just have to, a true professional knows how to mask the mistake and just play through. 
you know, like there's a lot of times bands play, like the guitar player breaks the string and you just got to play through it, you know. For sure. So that's what we try to do. Right. And we'll cap stuff off with the show coming up on the 14th. Uh, A-Rod, I know you wanted to talk about that a lot. Um, so this is going to be your one of your – is it your first show headlining? Or is it – So so uh, just yeah, talk time, about the – This time around, yeah. we, we, we're lucky enough to have the connection at Ocean Mist. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, it was kind of like back on a couple questions ago, we were t- talking about, you know, the live music scene and how tough it is to, you know, get in contact with a lot of people just even around, you know. Mm-hmm. No, we're 22 years old. We we we've only been a band for two years, so a lot of the venues don't even know who we are. Um, but uh, this time around, we asked Ocean Mist to um, we're going to do a, a completely original show, um, and we wanted to have another band open up for us. Oh, so it's um, completely original. It's completely original. So an hour and a half of just all yeah. your stuff. We're on for an hour and a half. Um, Oh, so you got some and music. They got some music in the vault that yes, I haven't heard. Absolutely. Okay, all right. We're gonna throw a couple covers out there because mm-hmm. you know we want to appease our audience. We know it's college. Sure. And we know it's um, catch people's attention. But the whole point yeah. was we wanted to have a band open up for us, um, who is also a URI alumni band. Uh, they're called the Stone Nobles. Go check them out on the social media. Um, they'll be be playing at nine o'clock, nine to ten. Um, we're on ten thirty to twelve. Um, yeah, so we wanted we wanted to have a band open up for us and have us you know feel like a real concert experience for the college students and um, the URI alumni coming back um, and just show that you know to Ocean Mist the venue and um, you know to the kids like hey you know these kids are they're you know they're they're getting better right. every single day every mm-hmm. single week in a year um, and here we are with our original material. That has been released. Which is insane. And, um, and here that. we are playing it live for you. And we put twists into it. And we make it a show. Because that's what we do. Um, we all saw Kiss when we were younger. What, what Kiss really is, is the theatrical mm-hmm. um, concert. And we said, you know, we're going to put on a show. No matter what we do. No matter if there's one person there. 100 people there. 1,000 people there. We're going to put it on a show. Um, whether that be dressing, to, dressing the whole nine yards. Um, using fog machines. Confetti cannons. You know, beach doing, balls, doing jams, <laughs> beach balls. We're gonna do every single thing we can in order to put on a great show because that's just what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we want to. We want to leave that night and have every single one of those um, supporters mm-hmm. and people in the crowd be like, "Wow, you know, they they gave the maximum effort." And um, you're gonna see that on this Saturday, absolutely. Yeah, an hour and a half. I didn't know it was almost all originals. That's pretty cool, and that's that's good to hear. And um, Definitely, like, people that have been following you are going to be excited to hear, obviously, the EP that you put out because, um, well, you've done that live before. But the new stuff, that's going to be, you know, a sight to see once it finally comes out. So um, I can't wait to hear it. Um, I'll be there. A lot, I know a lot of our boys are going to be there. So um, is there anything else you want to plug for the show and kind of just promote it for this coming Saturday? This Saturday, uh, October 14th, 9 to 12 Nine to twelve. Nine to twelve. So yes. okay, you we guys still know what's going on at nine o'clock. Right, right, right. Um, doors open, probably nine o'clock. Um, open all day, but like you know, the venue will open. Um, still know what's going on at nine o'clock. We'll have a quick changeover. We'll go on at ten thirty. We'll play to about twelve. Um, you can get your tickets online um, or at the door. Ten bucks. Um, you can stream our debut EP to the top on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, YouTube Music. Amazon, um, and you'll see a bunch of those songs. Actually, all of those songs, five-song EP. You'll see all those songs on Saturday. 
plus some unreleased things. And we got a couple covers for you know for the for the young cats out there. Um, but we're really excited. We put a lot of work into it this week, um, and we know we're going to put on a good show. For sure. And um, I just want to say I appreciate you guys for hopping on. We appreciate you for having us. For sure. Anytime. And uh, it's always great to see. Again, we're, we've been friends for a, a super long time now, so it's always great to see people that are, are chasing something and that you're so close with. And No, yeah. I we love. S- we see what you do. Yeah. And that was part of the reason why we wanted to get on this is we see what you do and we appreciate um, you having us on. And we know that, you know, the all the effort and work that you do is really paying off. Mm. And so, you know, um, keep it up. We appreciate you know, it. We know you're going to go far, man. Thanks, man. And we appreciate it. We hope, we hope we're right there with you. Oh, you will be. Um, we're all the, if not, we're on we the same age. get us like some, some Celtic tickets or something <laughs> when we're working. <laughs> I'm trying. That's going to be my main goal is the NBA. But yeah. um, I always cap off every show before we end off um, with two questions. One right now we'll go around, I guess, your message to people that want to do what you want to do. So if someone came to you and said, I want to be the lead singer of a band one day or I want to be a guitarist or a bass player or a drummer, what would you say to them? What's your message of inspiration i would say uh if they wanted to be lead singer of a band or start a band um i 100 percent encourage it it's fun um you feel like you're on top of the world when you're on stage um but it's a grind you know and you gotta have you gotta have a band that supports you and um friends and family that support you as well our families we love our families to death shout out mom and dad um we love you and they support us 100 percent so having a good supporting cast will get you a long way. I would say if you're looking to start a band, to make sure that you start a band with people that you don't mind spending all day, every day with, you know, because you're going to get used to these people. You're going to be around them all the time. So you need to make sure that you're with people that you like being around and, you know, anything's possible. So if you put the work in, you, you do it. You really want to do it. You got to put the work in and, you know, don't stop. Yeah, I'd add on that. I would say if you have something like you're chasing for, just do it. Put in the work and anything's possible. For just, sure. And I say it every day. I mean, um, what, what the consistency and, and the, the effort that you put in, like the results are going to come. So if you just stop, that's when someone else is going to win. So staying on top of it like you guys have been doing, um, it's great. It's inspiring for me as well. So um, I applaud you guys on that. The last question to cap everything off, what would you think of Camp's Corner? Hmm. <laughs> Love Cam's corner. Corner three. Corner three, baby. That's corner right three. I got one right now. One right now? Going on a live ca- uh, corner three. Give me one. A big loud one so that wakes up the whole neighborhood. Yeah. All right, we're coming up the court now here and uh, corner three. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how we'll cap it off, guys. Thank you for tuning into this episode with Zenith, Alex Rodriguez, Camp Sabatoni, and Matt Sabatoni. Shout out to Mike Parada, their drummer. October 14th, catch them at Ocean Mist. At 9 o'clock, doors open. You get your tickets online, like A-Rod said, or at the door. So we'll see you guys in the next episode of Camps Corner and more Zenith content at Zenith Official on YouTube and all social media platforms. Bye.